Hello, I'm Laura Furiosi, divorced mother of three, and I'm here with my mother, Lynette Galvin, with 35 years' experience in family law. You're listening to the Divorce Course Podcast. Through our candid discussions, we hope to help you through your divorce or de facto separation. We will be answering the most commonly asked questions and covering the stages and steps that you will face on your way to freedom. You've gone to mediation and it has been an epic flop. And my heart goes out to you because I know how hard mediation is. What happens if your mediation goes wrong? Today, we're going to be talking about the simple tricks and tips mum offers to those of her clients and to people listening today. Our students. <laughs> our students of what you can do. Welcome, mum. Hello, Laura. Hi, everyone. Now, I want to reach out to anyone who's listening to this because if you're listening to mediation gone, gone wrong, you've probably just been through a mediation. So one, you'll have felt like you've been hit by a bus. You've poured your heart out and the contents of your pockets onto the table and it's been rejected, stomped on. You've, you've maybe, mum, in these negotiations gone, mediation's gone wrong. You've maybe had your hopes up or had your hopes up or finally said, okay, I give in. I'll let you have that. Let's just move on if you just agree. And then in the end, nothing happens. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and I know we've talked about, can you mediate with a narcissist? Mm. And we do say that there, there is a high likelihood they're going to play with you all day, like a mm. cat plays with the mouse, but never finish it. And you're going to spend the whole day running around in circles. And we get that. And we're sorry for that. Please go listen to that episode. But today's episode is about what do you do if you've spent all that time and energy, money, emotion, and you've come out and it's failed. Oh, you poor things. Yeah. So I always say to people, and I did say it to you, Laura, that you will be exhausted for two or three days after a mediation, yeah. particularly one that goes all day. Yeah. Um, and it. so if you're feeling down, if you go through a mediation and you're feeling really flat because it didn't work out, just realize that some of that sadness will go after a few days. And it it is helpful to look at mediation if it doesn't work in finalizing things as another step along the way. So what, what I always say to my clients is, look, if you've had your mediation, we now know what their case is. Mm. We know what things they are objecting to of yours. And now's the time to convince the unconvincible like a uh, oh which is another great another episode topic, you can yeah. go listen to so mum you've got these little things yeah. that you do after a mediation that doesn't work mm. aside from going all right let's write down all their arguments yes and destroy them one by one so we'll see if so you're we, wrong so explain that so so make a list of what their arguments yeah. were make a list of the things that you think they were arguing that you can prove to the contrary, right? And start sending the things that you can prove. Now, everyone has an obligation to make full disclosure. So you should have any documents you already have should be already with them. But if there's stuff that you can obtain, you can get something from the doctors, get something from somewhere to help prove your case, then then start gathering that evidence, demolishing their objections. So what you're saying is, let's do an example that they said, well, no, I was, I brought, I don't know, $100,000 into the marriage when we were together in 2006. And you're like, well, no, you didn't, mm. uh, but you had no proof in the mediation to prove it. Mm -hmm. If you go and find that proof, if somehow, and bring it in, Ab uh, yes. then you could, that's that's demolishing their argument? It is. It is. It's sometimes, it's important to remember that absence of evidence isn't evidence of absence. So what? <laughs> if you can't find, if absence of evidence, if you look through 1996 records and you can't find the 100,000. Mm. That doesn't mean that it's evidence it wasn't there. Uh -huh. It just could be somewhere else. Yes. So, but if you can find it well and good, if you can find, I've seen people inflate mm -hmm. and when they say, oh, I had around 100,000 and when you look, it was 65,000. Send that over 
it'll help you get grounded as well if you've got some, you know, un, unreliable memories, and we all do. So you're trying to think of this as a mediation outside. FIFO. Yes. (laughs) So basically your mediation hasn't finished is what you're saying. That's right. But now you're going out and you're finding evidence to use to help with the mediating. It's just that you're not sitting in that room anymore. Hmm. Uh, Look, to all intents and purposes from the... from the professional's point of view, the mediation is over. But for you, it's just allowed you to find out what their problems are with your proposal. And now you can start chipping away at them in preparation either for them to agree Mm -hmm. or for you to go, oh, I was wrong. So changing (laughs) Um, their mind or changing changing your your mind. mind. That's right. Or you might actually be ready for another mediation because you've knocked over those those obstructions, those wrong ideas that one or other of you had. Mm. That's one trick. What happens if there wasn't any dispute? There was no there was no uh, lies or anything. They just at the end you you negotiated back and forth all day long, and then at the end they just go, "Oh no, I feel like I've been railroaded. I'm just not gonna I'm just not gonna sign Ooh, it." Yes. Once you finally agreed. Yes. So how do you? What do you do then? Okay, so I would immediately put an offer to them mm-hmm. uh, on the terms that you already sent. Remembering everything you're doing in mediation is not allowed into evidence. You can't show the court, can't attach it to an affidavit, so it's all confidential. But an open letter of offer, call it a call to bank offer under Section 117C. And you can listen to that episode. Yeah, listen to that episode and talk to your lawyers because if this offer is accepted, you're stuck with it. So this is the similar feeling as to preparing your orders to send to the other side where we say go and see a lawyer because this sort of general education won't be right in every case for for you guys, but it gives you some options. So get that offer over. Say it's a call to bank offer under Section 117C. After you've seen a lawyer. After you've seen a lawyer, the Family Law Act. And then the risk for them then under Section 117C, which is the cost legislation, if they don't accept the offer and the court makes an offer, makes an order ultimately where you do as well as that offer or even better and they do worse than that offer or the same as that offer, then you can say to the judge, Your Honour, we're only here today and I've only spent my extra $30,000 in costs because this person wouldn't accept my reasonable offer back in March, mm. whatever year. And the court can then look at that. You can't do it before the court's made a finding. And the court can look at that and go, you're absolutely right. So that then they may be may order them. There's a discretion to pay costs for your costs. And there's usually from the date of that offer. So, so that affects, that, that makes them having to pay their lawyer's costs and your costs from that day. So it really makes a person sit down and pay attention. So if you make that offer, their lawyer's going to have to say to them, look, mate, if, if you don't accept this, there is a chance that you could end up later paying legal fees. So make sure you're really certain. So that might take out any of those people that are just doing it just to be horrible and just want to keep fighting and they don't want to let go. I think you've described some lawyers. though. (laughs) There are lawyers who don't want to stop fighting and don't want to. So when I think there's something like that going on, like some that where they've got a bit personal with it, they're bullshy, they're out to win, you know, which is Mm. a terrible attitude in family law, I actually attach a copy of Section 117C, mm-hmm. print it out and attach it all, attach it to the letter so that when they send it to their client... They have to give it. They have to give it over to their client and their client suddenly, that they'll know what that means and then the client has that risk. Wow. Actually, if I'm acting for 
someone and we get an offer under 117C, I send the section to the client and so give them some advice So because it's a real double jeopardy from that day forward. Mm, okay. Know? All right. So writing all their arguments, demolishing them one by one, yes. become CIA, CIA investigators or yes. whatever it is you want to become and and work your butt off, recruit your friends, say, hey, can you help me find a way to prove this? Yeah. Are there photos? Facebook in the older oh. days when everyone used to put 50,000 photos for each event, maybe there's something in there or yeah. in your time timeline or something, something, look in your boxes. I mean, I knew one person, which is hilarious, who had, uh, in order to be married in the Catholic church, you had to go and see and do this questionnaire and meeting thing before you would allowed to get married in the Catholic church. And there were these little workbooks you had to do. And it was the financial side of things. And you had to write what you were bringing into the marriage, how much money you were bringing in, what did you have any other assets, what your plans were. And that person then went back because they're a hoarder, kept all their stuff. (laughs) And when that other person said, oh, I kept this much, I brought this much money into the marriage, they were able to bring it out and go, this is your handwriting, this is your workbook. Not only that, you've told that to a priest. (laughs) I know. So so find some backwards sneaky ways to get you, well, not sneaky, but just Just evidence. evidence. Like what the court knows, what people say at the time Mm. is one thing. What they say when they're having to divide up the property can be another and they can either genuinely misremember mm-hmm. or they're lying through their teeth okay. and one good way we talked about like this subpoena if you can if in court get their applications for finance mm. and they will have said what their income really is not what they're telling child support agency or whatever All now right. yeah. so let's have a look at this mediation say mm. this person is just obviously it falls into that narcissistic mm-hmm. type they just want to fight they don't actually care about the outcome they just don't want to let it go how then as a person who just wants to move on and get mm. get it over with as willing to like drop what mm. they want lower so they can get through it all how do they get themselves out of this situation so what do you say to your clients and how do you deal with these kind of people when the mediation's failed but they were kind of agreeing to it the whole way along and then at the end they've gone no okay so well first of all like i said we do the offer mm-hmm. uh, then I think apart from finding evidence to demolish their cases, mm-hmm. I think you should find evidence to support yours. Yes. It often comes in in sort of date of separation, for instance. Oh, no, we were separated. Well, here's a picture of us in Denmark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, bolster your case. And then ultimately I think case law. Mm-hmm. Again, you're not telling the lawyer anything they don't know. Hopefully you're not telling them anything they don't already know. Yeah. But if, certainly as a lawyer, I do sometimes send a letter and say, look, let's be clear. Your client's position is this. This case law and this section of the Act say that you can't achieve that. So if you know anything to the contrary, please let us know. Mm-hmm. Or you can say you haven't proven this argument you've got. You've got seven days to prove it. Otherwise, i, I you know, then have to go to court. And all of that correspondence can then go into the court. So I think we've always said with uh, narcissists and with like manipulative controlling and with high conflict is that you ought not waste too much time on the back and forth Mm. because once you get into court, the court is on a mission to get you out the other side. They will drag that case to a final hearing as quickly as they can. Mm. And they are a wake up now to people who try to string things out. Yeah. Keep 
trying though, but get so, it into court and keep trying to negotiate underneath. So then you've got this ratchet approach that you always talk about, Mum, mm. where you're saying, "Oh yes, do you just want to ratchet?" What I yeah. don't even know what a ratchet is. <laughs> it, you know, you know, on cable ties, when you, if you use them to tie up your rubbish or anything, it goes click, 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 click. Uh, yeah, and once it's gone past one of those little clicky bits, it can't go backwards. Yes, okay. So that's what that's essentially a ratchet. So what I do, if hopefully you haven't got to the end of the day more than once a year get to the end of the day the person won't agree right so if you're going for mediation again mm-hmm. this time focus on small topics don't let them change the agenda or the subject mm-hmm. and when you get an agreement write it out get it written out get them to sign this is on each little piece so on each little bit yeah, lock them in each little piece so i guess you know when people go into mediation let's look at it this way they're probably discussing who's going to have the kids when mm-hmm. and also uh, what the property pool is and also what percentage of the property pool, but what's going to happen to the house, what's going to happen to the cars, that sort of thing. So you're saying if you can get them to agree on what's going to happen to the cars, yep. get them to sign and agree on that then and there. Yes. Before and you put, move on. Put on it that it can be used in court. Okay. Okay. And that's like becomes a product of the mediation, not a confidential communication. Right. If you've signed it and you said, we, we agree this can be used in court and tuck that under your belt. So have a clear agenda because if you make a proposal to the other side and it's usually shuttle mediation and they reject it, they'll often come back. If it was something that wasn't too bad, rather than say no, mm. some highly manipulative people will just come back with, well, what about the car or what about the house? So I think we- So they try and run you around in yeah. circles without focusing on one issue. Yes, they so do. You- and they want to do it. So they don't want to say it's hard to pin them down. Yeah. And just refuse to move on to any other topic until they sign that. If they won't sign the obvious things, mm. then uh, you can shelve one for a while and move on to the next thing. But if you find they won't sign anything as you're knocking them through, you might say to the mediator, this isn't going to work and I don't want to spend all day all and money. another five ten thousand dollars for him to just do that to run me around or her to just do that to me yes yeah. so so but try that ratchet thing and I see it in the courts the, a skillful registrar or a judge a baby judge a baby judge yes if they if you come before them and you agree for instance that the kids are going to live with one parent but you're fighting over I don't know birthdays mm. the court We'll go through, I've seen one judge in Brisbane do this beautifully, and he goes through the proposed orders of one person. He goes, well, do you agree with that? Yes. Or um, I so make that order. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that? I make that order. So that he, he then narrows the dispute down to what it is that really needs to be decided in court. Now, if you're lucky enough to have a mediation in the family court, the registrars can do the same thing. Mediators can make orders if they're registrars. If not, like I said, write it down, get sign it and say that this can be used in court. Okay. So that is, if you, if you are listening to this and you haven't gone to mediation yet, or this is going to be second or third round mm. mediation, which can happen, then definitely, you know, consider doing that approach. What about, you know, a lot of people ask, should we be doing children's and property at the same time? Mm. Do you find that people can get through both things in a mediation? It just depends who they are. Right. And, and bear in mind that a children's mediator has to have particular skills. Mm. Um, and I got in trouble last time for talking about family dispute resolution providers and saying that it's really good if you've got property and children mm. uh, to have a lawyer who's got both quali- uh, has that qualification because they also have a law degree and they can put a little bit of I guess some input yeah. into what is appropriate and what isn't or yeah. or they can come up with a different way of doing things because they've been through court like thousands of times in property matters and they know all the cases so it might be that and then you might say okay we'll do the 
kids in the morning and the property in the afternoon. It's always very, I think of it like virtue signaling, but a lot of people go, oh, I really, it's the children. I really want to do the children first. When the real reason is how much time you spend with the children may impact on your Section 75-2 factors going forward. Uh Yes. So, and se- section 75, two factors is if you've got the kids more, yeah, then all you've of that, got then you might get more. Do yeah. you find that that happens a lot? So they have to figure out what the kids' situation is first? I think it's in the back of nearly everyone's mind when they negotiate. Mm. And, and I think that is the source of a lot of the 50-50 claims, oh, particularly gosh. by people who normally wouldn't spend anywhere near that much time mm. with the children who hasn't spent that much time. It's- Are you allowed to say it's obvious you're just doing this for the money? Can you, could the judges have like a, a like no. a code word for, oh, this person who's never been interested in the kids is now doing it for the money? It's not a, it's not a submission you can make to a court and it doesn't, it's not going to change your ex's mind if you call them out on it. Mm. But between just us. Yes, and, and every other thousands of people that listen. Yes, yes mum. And the judges. And the I hope the judges don't us. listen no, to No, no, but between us. <laughs> oh, between right? the, the, the professionals the profession in, the, and you guys, in family law. And you guys who are semi-professional now, I guess, <laughs> educated semi-professional. <laughs> and many, many, many lawyers. I heard uh, working in the family law space. Uh, oh, okay. said. Working in the family yeah. law space, yes. Um, and that is, if I hear someone start talking about how many nights a child will spend at what home, mm. that triggers me because I don't know if it's still the case, but it used to be that the number of nights determined the percentage of care. Right. And, you know, they were hell-bent on getting that percentage up equal to yours and getting yours lower mm. so they didn't have to pay. So if nights is a is a big clue for me. Yes. And then the what chances, about judges? I don't know what judges think. Damn it. I, I actually, sometimes I really don't know what judges <laughs> think. <laughs> but I, I suspect they're all my vintage and I'll, well, not all, all of you. Sorry if any of them ever listen. I'm probably older than most. <laughs> but, you know, if you've been around the traps for a while, yes. that night, no one talks about nights with kids. Mm. Really? You think about it. They're asleep. But the lawyers, What's the point? The lawyers do kind of use that terminology. Because they were looking at child support. Ah, uh, They're there looking you go. at child support. Okay, mm. so this person who's listening today, mm. who's probably devastated, mm. they thought they were going to get it through. I've, I've even heard of an, another lovely listener who did sign it. They had a heads of agreement. Yes. And then they got a letter from the lawyer. Like, and she was, she was on cloud nine. It's over. Yes. It's finally finished. And they're like, no, we've changed our minds. Mm. How can you stop that from happening? You know, you could find us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. We're there waiting for you right now. If you want to get more out of the divorce course, all you have to do is go to the divorce course podcast at Facebook or TikTok or the divorce course on Instagram. There we share bite sized pieces of information and bite sized inspiration and motivation to help you through this difficult time come and join our community and let us know you've joined we'd love to see you there and then they got a letter from the lawyer like and she, was, she was on cloud nine it's over yes. it's finally finished and they're like no we've changed our minds mm. how can you stop that from happening well some people say you should sign the orders actually sign the orders on the day right. and file them in the court as quickly as possible that doesn't mean though that you can can't, you can't change your you mind. can change your mind and withdraw your consent before they're made so that wouldn't have saved this lady the only thing that would have saved her is if she had been having a mediation with a, a judicial registrar third from god in the family court and the registrar made the orders then and there mm. but even then you know you walk down the stairs you you go home and you think oh, i thank god it's over or oh my God, I didn't mean to sign that. What have I done? You actually can appeal that order, even though you agreed to it. Yeah. Even though it was made on the day, you can appeal it and say, oh, 
look, I, I didn't know what I was doing at the time. I guess talking from someone, I had a failed mediation. I mm-hmm. hope I'm allowed to say that. That's, mm-hmm. Is that allowed? Am I allowed to say I had a failed yeah, mediation? Yeah, I think so. Okay, good. I had a failed, failed mediation and I'm a go-getter, I'm a doer, I'm an achiever. I'm a, mm-hmm. And I was disappointed in myself that I did it. I felt like it was like a test to pass, you know, how reasonable mm-hmm. am I? Mm-hmm. And I felt like the lawyers were looking at me going, come on, just agree. Why why are you holding on to this or that? And I felt like I was a failure because I couldn't get to the end like everybody else. Well, except not everybody succeeds in a mediation. Well, that's something that people need to know. Mediations aren't always successful. And I'd be very careful of a mediator who tells you what percentage success rate they've got. (laughs) Because my word, that shouldn't be front of mind for them. They should be facilitating you guys to reach an agreement, but not every case will. Sometimes they're not ready. Sometimes there's the, sometimes mediation's the first time you get wind of what their problem is on mm. the other side. And then you know, all right, well, I'll get these documents. So try to think of mediation as a step along the way. Okay. And if you have mediation before you go to court and you end up having to go to court, I reckon eight times out of 10, the very next thing that happens is you're sent to mediation again. Court mediation, which yeah, is. Or outside again, if yeah. you've got money. Okay. So the court realizes that. There are some things that it may be too early Mm. or someone's still too grumpy or upset or a vital bit of evidence is missing. But Mm. at some point when they get the proper legal advice, mediation should work because both of you should have been given the same advice about your likely outcome somewhere in a 10%, 15% range. And, you know, and, and you don't know if it's going to be the lower or the upper. So the sensible thing is to, to settle it in the middle. I keep quoting poor old Judge Barry, rest in peace. But he's, is that his last name or his first name? Barry. Uh, that was his surname. He was lovely. Mr. Barry. Yeah. Judge Barry. Judge okay. Barry. Yes. Lovely. And he used to say, you only end up in the family court if one of you is unreasonable. It doesn't take two. Mm. Even if it's just one, you will end up in court. Mm. So, And I think it's really important to think of it as a roller coaster, not a stepping stone, because yeah. we're not skipping through the tulips here. It is a roller coaster because your yeah. tummy will be full of butterflies. As you're getting into it, you sit down, you start getting it, mm-hmm. then you get frustrated and annoyed, and then all of a sudden it's a big drop at the end. Are they going to sign? Are they going to agree? Yeah. Are they not? And then up again and down again. So it is a roller coaster ride. It, it is, and you get wobbly knees no matter yes. whether it's case. And, and like yeah. our poor other listener who they got their agreement, yeah. they walked out, they were happy, they told everyone, mm-hmm. and then it's got back in again. So, you know, try and rein in the, your expectations. I think yeah. that's the best thing you can do mm. to, to limit the roller coasteriness of I, it. I think so. I think if you've got a plan A and a plan B yeah. and know what you're going to do, okay, before you go in, I really, really, really hope it's going to settle and I'm going to work my heart out and I'll probably have to compromise a lot. hope this is going to work. But if it doesn't, then this is what we'll do tomorrow or Wednesday yes. when I've stopped being so exhausted or, yes. you know, and, and have a plan and, and use it as, as a, um, safety blanket. Yeah, I guess so. And, and look, it doesn't always work. So have another try later yeah. on or yeah. go to court and get an order. You will get through this one yeah. way or another. So let's talk about the personality types, mm. but let's quickly just recap. So you're saying definitely it's a chance for you to see what their arguments are. So it's not a failed mediation. It's a chance for you then to go away and get evidence to prove their arguments are wrong, if that's what it is, or find out yourself that you were wrong and change your mindset on the situation. It's a chance for you to continue to make offers. It's a chance for you to talk to your lawyer about 117C, which we're very proud of some of our listeners, but knowing what that is. And also it's a chance for you to continue to ratchet 
pull that little zip tie and keep going and keep getting little agreements as you go. But if you are going into, if you've just stepped out of a mediation with a amicable person and you've failed, what do you say to those people? I don't think you should think of it as you failing. Okay. I think the mediation failed at that time. Yeah. And, yeah. and you can build on that. See, it's mindset. You're going it to, is. We didn't fail. People don't fail. What, you know? Yeah. Okay, so the mediation didn't go the way you wanted it. What do you say to those people? Oh, that's it, that you didn't fail. You didn't fail. Yeah. You know, you gave it a good red-hot go. Yeah. Um, we now know what we're dealing with. Yeah. On the other side, we can now say to the court hand on heart, you've made every step, every genuine attempt to settle it, and then you can know that if you go to court, uh, it's because you had to, mm. and it will nevertheless, whenever, you know that old saying, there's an app for that, there's an app yeah. for that. Everything that can go wrong in a relationship, I'd like to say, the court has a, a reaction, a, a, has a response, has a way to deal with these sort of recalcitrant issues that okay. like might seem completely mysterious to you, mm-hmm. but the courts go, oh, yes, we've seen that before, we've seen that before, and this is what we do. Okay. You know, so even if you don't know what might happen next, even if your lawyer's not clear on what might happen yet, there's always a way. Now, definitely listen to the court conveyor belt. Yeah. That episode will help you a lot. And also the pre-action procedures that, that we've got yes. an episode on that. And that asks, there's some steps that you can continue to take after mediation. Mm. What about an avoidant? So you've gone to mediation with your avoidant ex or you're the avoidant one and the mediation has not gone to plan and you've come out the other side and you haven't settled. What can you say to to those people? The one thing about that with an avoidant person, getting them into a mediation for a whole day is fantastic, Mm. Um, especially if they bring someone who could, like a lawyer or something that can talk sense into them. If it doesn't work, I would keep going on about it in your letters, making it easier, whatever objections they have. See, sometimes I think an avoidant person sitting there going, how can I pay her out for the house when I don't have that much money? Or what about the mortgage? It's in joint names. And like I said, there's an app for that. We've got mm. that sorted. So they don't but know they how don't that know works. How to. So you might want to change your proposal to show out the steps. And maybe you want to, so it might be that, you know, within 30 days, he, he um, goes to see the bank Mm-hmm. and um, uh, ask for a loan and his loan will be this much and, you know, oh, really this is what the repayments will be. Yeah, not even perhaps in the order, but put it in a letter to him so he he can see or, or she, she can see yeah. what comes next and what comes next and then they can say, oh, okay, so it's I'm not completely overwhelmed. Now, everyone who's going through family law is, is overwhelmed at some point. At some point, it's like, oh, my God. Yeah. And so for an avoidant person, I think it, it doesn't clear up much. It stays, oh, my God, and they just can't deal. Mm. So by doing those little steps and giving a timeline, and maybe if you're still reasonably amicable with them, you can help them things or recruit family or friends or make appointments for them that they can just have to go to and do each As long as that does not coming across as post-separation abuse. No, no, no. It's got to be friendly. If they say, please don't do that and you go do it. Well, you don't. No, absolutely don't do that. But no, if you you lay out a map for them. You're probably right because sometimes, Mm. like I remember, you know, thinking how are we going to untie all of this, like all this financial stuff? It's too hard. I just won't do it. I'll just stay. Yeah. (laughs) But, But once, you know, you see a lawyer and they explain to you the process and how you mm. can undo it, then you go, okay, it's not too hard. Okay, this can be done. Everything. And, and you can do that for your ex in the mediation and go, okay, well, in order to get me out of the house, you have to like to buy me out of the house, you have to do these things, you know, just kind of make yes. it aware. And, and of then the your mortgage will be this, which is only 80% or 
5% of the total value of the mm-hmm. house and I've done some calculations and it looks like you can afford it and yep. just put it in a letter. If you don't want to look like your Mac uh, domestic violence may put it in a letter to them as the steps that you would see they need to take. Okay. And then they can, they might say yes when they can see that it will happen, mm. or they might say yes once they've got approval for the mortgage. So you're still building on what you've had with an avoidant. All right. Person. Let's go into high conflict. Mm. You could gone into a mediation with a high conflict person. Hopefully you had a good mediator to mm. dampen that high conflict down. Uh, they've come out without the settlement that they wanted and they they know they've got to keep going, what do you say to those mm. people? Okay, so with high conflict, they they will have definitely flagged what their issues are. And funny enough, they'll try and think of things that you would never agree to. <laughs> Gosh. And I want that big mirror from the from the lounge that's got a TV in it or whatever, <laughs> whatever it is. And so, or they might want something that they think is precious to you. And after you come out of the mediation, you might have said, no, I can't do that. After you've come out, you thought, oh, darn it. I can buy the same thing secondhand on Facebook yeah. for something. Yeah. So, so with the high conflict person, you know what they're going to argue. Try and give it to them if it's not going to kill you to do it. Mm. The problem with high conflict is if you've come out of a long relationship where they've like bullied and pressured you all the way along and everything's an argument and you just give in, all right, we'll go there. All right, we won't go there. When you come out of it, because it is kind of a DV situation and you've been apart from for a while, you go from being doing anything they want just for peace to standing up for yourself. But then sometimes you can go a little bit too far and every time they make a demand, it it throws you straight back into the relationship and you don't want to be reminded of that. It's mm. kind of like, I guess, a traumatic stress disorder. And so you need to cool down, have a think about it and see what you could agree with them on. But I don't think outside of the mediation you would do the ratchet approach right. because you would find the high conflict to want to get the best out of every little component. Mm. And sometimes when you look at all those components as a whole, it's not the it's not a reasonable proposal. So right. you want to be careful not to sign things. To sign yourself away. Yeah, that's right. Mm. So, yeah. So high conflict person, they just want to fight. Yeah. And um, the only way you can really win if you don't go to court is to drop the rope. If they're doing a tug of war, drop the rope, walk away. Mm. But, it, but don't do that advice. unless you've seen a lawyer. Yes, because you, if you know what you're giving up, that's fine and you can live with it and there's you want to not have that emotional drama, drama I guess, and delay. But... But be careful that you're not just react, yeah. just not reacting. Cutting your nose off to spite your fate? No. No. That's what I was <laughs> saying. But you know, you're not, you're, you're not doing, you're not giving, you're not giving up your future for your present peace. That's true. And, and it's like peace at any price. Yeah. Uh, that's all very well as long as your kids are doing, going to be okay. And as long as you in six to eight months time going to go, geez, I should have tried harder for that mm. when the reality hits. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then, um, I am going to touch on children's mediations after we've done, well, we've kind of touched on narcissistic mm. manipulative controlling the whole way through. Yes. So we're going to leave that one because that was most of the episode. Mm. But when it comes to children's mediations, so mm. we, we really have used mostly examples of property, <laughs> but have you noticed uh, when when people are in mediation over their children, is it a higher stakes? Is there are there other things people should be aware of or thinking about when trying to negotiate with that? Because I know for a fact when it comes to money or children, you know, 
a lot of people, most people, myself mm. included, I'm always going to protect my children and be really strong and adamant about that. I bring out my, you know, if someone's been mean Your to my bear. kid, someone's been mean to my kid at school, you know, I get very upset. And I, yes. you know, when usually if someone doesn't give me something I bought on eBay properly, I, I'm too scared to even write a negative comment. Mm. So, you know, but, but if someone, you know, says something nasty about my kids, I get my very strong mum, mama bear reactions. And I would say in a mediation, and, but when it's with money as much, I'm not mm. so much. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. So when people are in mediation, what happens then, mum? Like is, is children's like a really high emotional state mm. more than anything? Yes. And can it affect the whole mediation if you do it first? Look, it can. <clears throat> uh, just depends how, uh, entrenched the parties are. Yeah. So when I was doing children's mediations, it was before the presumption of equal shared care and before the presumption of equal time. Thank you, Mr. Dutton. And in those days, it was the best interests of the children. Mm. And you could, and, and of course, I wasn't doing it over the phone or in different rooms. So there would be a black, a whiteboard where we would write up and I would put the children's names up. The parties would, you put their agreements and everyone in the room, the children, the parents, sorry, would agree that we want the children to not be affected by this uh, separation. We want the best for those children. And with that in mind, then people would negotiate based on the best interests of the children. You know, in years in the 80s, the time was every second weekend, half school, whole. Then it became every second weekend and Wednesday for lunch on the off week or, you know, and it's become, and so when I was mediating, it was more like your five or six nights a fortnight with mm. one parent or, and, and the rest with the other. They were, I thought, more genuinely held concerns. And it was just like, well, you know, what if, will you take him to soccer when he's got you, when you're with him? Cause that's why I want him this night. Yeah, I'll take him to soccer. Oh, well, in that case, and we can have a genuine discussion. I really worry about the way it's going now where people come in with this 50 50 mindset. And what's bizarre is they'll come in and want 50-50 shared care for all the children without taking into account each child's individual needs. Mm. You know, someone might, there might be a six-month-old baby or they might, you know. So I don't think as much, dare I say, not as child-focused as they used to be so, sometimes. Yeah. And so, so this new really I want 50-50 it is kind of a red flag to I'm not being child-focused because what you should be saying is I want what's best for my mm. kids. And so if someone's going into a mediation and they're adamant they want 50-50 and there's no two ways about it, what's the point of mediation? Oh, well, you've got to try. Okay. And have you seen people come in adamant they want 50-50 and then change their mind? Not very often. So, but you've still got as to a lawyer, As a lawyer, I, I haven't mediated these ones. Um, I think that it's, it, here's what I think it is. Okay. I think years ago, remember the term unfit mother, people still yes. say it, like it's round since the dinosaurs. Yes. But when the parties separated, if the mother didn't have the kids most of the time mm. and the father every second weekend or something, people would say, what's wrong with her? Why, yeah, why, why hasn't she got, got the kids? kids. Mm. Now, since 50-50 has come in, like equal shared care, some men are thinking, if I don't have them equal, I'm everyone's going to look down at me and wonder, is what's, what's wrong, wrong with, with me? Me. So there is a there's those sort of psychological and perception issues I think, mm. and they don't want to tell people they don't have, you know, or when they think people might say, oh, he's only got them on the weekends. What's what's wrong with him? What's you know, yeah. he's less than this other person. And I think maybe that's a competition thing. Well, I a guess for, for a woman or a man now, if they yes. like, well, what's wrong? What's what wrong happened? With Why yeah. do you not like children? Like so, I guess so. What you're saying is people are going into these mediations now thinking about how am I going to look? How am I going to look to other? 
other people when really we need to look into ourselves and go, forget that. Mm, We made the choice to get together. We made the choice to have children. It's now we have to make choices for them. Not for us. And that's a big, hard pill to swallow for anybody. It really is. It was a big change of mindset for me in the 80s. Mm. And it must be a big change in mindset here, particularly if the other person's been spectacularly invisible and unhelpful as a parent, Mm. but they were the ones that played with the kids. Like There are a lot of people who think the other parent probably can't parent them properly. Yeah. He wouldn't know when to take him to the toilet. She doesn't know what he eats, all that sort of stuff. So, and that's where the court says, look, they're both, you're both the parents of the children. Don't ask us to Mm. pick the best parent, like that sort of thing. Uh, You're both, as long as you're both good enough parents. So the court doesn't go, well, you're the better parent. You should have them longer. Yeah. They don't do that. Well, it's, they don't know who's the better parent. Right. Laura. If it's things like brushing their teeth, making sure they've got a jump problem when they go outside, that doesn't go to the court. So the court can only operate on what they see. And basically, basically what they see are your respective arguments for why you should have this time with the children. And the court will. And the children's opinions. And the children's opinions if they're old enough. And the court and the report writer will normally see straight through someone who is not child focused and, and they say it. Right. They say they're un- they're well, the not report child- writer says oh, they're not child focused. Not, as far as I can see, the well, more gently maybe they say this person was more focused on them mm-hmm. and then their needs than the children's needs, so I, therefore they should spend time with the other parent more. But, yes. So I guess if you're listening today and you went to a mediation and you've got a person on the other side who's disingenuous about this 50-50 uh, mm-hmm. approach to the childcare, you, you've got that hope that maybe you can have a family report in the future and they can pick that up or it comes through in your your or, affidavits, etc. Yes, or and also the law is changing. Okay. So at the moment it's a presumption of equal shared care, which is also the wrong way to put it because yeah, it means then that if you don't have equal shared care, there definitely must be something wrong to rebut the presumption right. of, of equal shared care. So I think that's why they fight so hard. Right. But the law is changing and that presumption is going mm-hmm. and then I think it will go back Settle to down. a better focus on the children's needs. And we're going to be doing a whole episode on I those know. changes. We're very excited about them and hopefully they will help you. And if you are going through a mediation and particularly about children, mm. you know, I, I can understand how gut-wrenching it is because they're your babies, you know, even if they're old they're your babies so we know the emotional stakes are so high um so we send our love to you and we hope that if you're listening to this and your mediation failed even if it was property you know don't be disheartened it is a stepping stone or just another dip in the roller coaster go and listen to our how to mediation mindset um no No. that's a module (laughs) what's it convincing the unconvincible that might give you a help as well so sending our love thank you mum so much for your knowledge um hopefully we haven't offended anyone But, oh, well, <laughs> hopefully we've helped a lot of we people. We haven't deliberately offended yes. anyone. And sending our, love. It, yeah. sending our love. Sending our love. Sending If you found this podcast helpful, we'd love it if you could rate, review and subscribe. By doing so, you are spreading the word to help someone else just like you. Lynn would like to remind you that this podcast is general advice only and you should always get legal advice in relation to your particular situation. And remember that the Australian laws may have changed since recording.